Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okano again. He's going down. Field. He's got Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones has got a touchdown. Man, it's hard keeping up with the Joneses. Welcome back, everybody, to the Behind the Rails podcast. I'm your host, Travis Miller of HammerAndRails.com, and with me, as always, is former Purdue running back Corey Sheets, and we are here to, yeah, <laughs> and we are here to discuss Purdue's 32-29 loss to Syracuse on Saturday, and uh, I, I believe, Corey, you said it best right when you signed on tonight. That game pissed you off. Oh, my God. So much it pissed me off. It was just... It was fun to watch, but then it was hard to watch towards the end. I, I think what's just so troubling, honestly, is a lot like the Penn State game. It took Purdue doing about seven things wrong to just barely lose. And if they only do six things wrong, they win the game. And that just that, that just kind of sticks with you. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know if it was just me, but it seemed like they kept getting bailed out by the refs on a few calls. Like, it just seemed like every every time they needed a ref to, to throw a flag, it came. <laughs> eh, I, 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 there were some questionable calls. I know right before halftime, they overruled a fumble recovery that said he was uh, his arm was moving forward and it was a pass, and I don't think so about that. Oh, uh, my God. That, that would have given Purdue the ball <laughs> with a couple seconds left before the half, but in field goal range. So, mm. but – I don't think Purdue did themselves any favors when you have a play in the third quarter on Syracuse's first touchdown drive where you stop him on third down, you get the guy out of bounds a good six, seven yards ahead of the marker, and then you give him an extra shove when he's three feet out of bounds. I mean, that one's – I don't care who you are. There's not a ref that's, – that's not a bailout call. I mean, yeah, that one, we shot ourselves in the foot on that one, I think. But as big as that man was, there was no way he was slowing down or stopping. So <laughs> – <laughs> was in front of him just got hit because he shoot. Didn't he hit what he hurt one of our players too? <laughs> uh, I think he did. I think he hit Jabari Brown too. I think he tripped over him. So it, it, it was close and it's like guys going out of bounds. Hmm. It's just, I, I understand that one. And then uh, Payne Durham getting a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct. Man, you just got the gate. You got the go ahead touchdown. Shut your mouth and go over to the sidelines. <laughs> This is like, oh my God, yeah. It was a lot of immaturity being shown. And then once the game kind of got out of hand and they started acting up even more, it was like, come on now. We don't need this because we're going to need you next week. Like, don't do nothing stupid where you get suspended. I don't think it's good that we had assistant coaches getting in sportsmanlike conduct penalties either because I believe one was on the special teams coach there. But we had seven penalties for 55 yards in the last 53 seconds of the game. And. Come on, man. Wow. Yeah, it, I mean, pissing down our leg is, is one thing. Can, can somebody teach these kids how to tackle? <laughs> like, all these one-handed arm tackles, like, you're getting that age to where you're playing against grown men. They don't go down on arm tackles. Like, it's being proven time and time again. Like, these guys are big people, especially when the quarterback is what? 6'3", he was like 225 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was a big boy. 
not a little guy, and he ran with power. So uh, you can't arm tackle a guy like that. Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff. So we will be right back after this ad. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, concerts, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online research for all of your sports information for live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that is B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. I honestly thought we did a pretty good job defensively on the day. We didn't give up a lot of uh, huge plays or anything, but we struggled to get off the field when we needed to get off the field, especially after Syracuse got that first touchdown and what do you think Corey how much does that first touchdown really open things up for the offense especially if it's late in the third quarter where you finally get in the end zone and it just kind of gives the offense more confidence I mean as far as watching it it seemed like it woke everybody up because mm-hmm. up until that that point it was what three to nine and, and the game was just going back and forth nobody could do anything special to make a big play. So I think that touchdown, even though it came for them, I think it woke everybody up and let everybody know that they still was playing a football game because it seemed like it energized both sides on offense and defense. So because guys started flying around more, people started taking chances and making plays. So even though it was for them, I think it was a good thing. Yeah, it, it seemed to turn the game. And I, I think another thing that's very frustrating, especially for you as a running back, 22 carries, 61 yards on the ground for Purdue. And of the 61 yards, 28 came on two plays. The the 15-yard uh, run from Maccabee for a touchdown, and Tyrone Tracy had a 13-yard run. And wh- what are you seeing? Why can't we run the ball other than we're just not calling enough runs? I mean, we're not. We're just not doing it. It's not like there's not opportunities to, to call pl- uh, running plays. There's a lot of them, but they just choose to sh- throw something short or just try to take a chance and go long. But honestly, I thought it was just me. What happened to to uh, was it Maccabee or Huckabee? How you say his last name? Uh, Devin Maccabee, and you know he had he looked really good, and he found a hole and hit right through it for that yeah, touchdown. Yeah, then so. they took him out, and you ain't seen him again until the fourth quarter. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, yeah, I they couldn't did understand say- it. I was, I, was, I was actually looking for him on the sideline. like, all right, look, 45, 45. Then I noticed we have two 45s. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but I was, it was strange to me because it was like, all right, the kid showed some speed. He looked a lot faster than everybody that was on the field. So why not at least if you're not gonna run the ball with them, like give them in the passing game, throwing the ball on a, on a, a lot of these screens that they were running. <laughs> I agree, man. It's uh, he he's been impressive so far. He's only played in two games, but he's actually our leading rusher. He's got 100 yards and two touchdowns on the season. Drew is out right now with a calf injury, so somebody's got to step up and. 
you know, that, that play where he had the touchdown, honestly, that's a touchdown pretty much from wherever you are. As quick as he hit that hole, it's a touchdown for 15 or 75. I mean, yeah, he showed flashes and he showed that he knew what he was doing and he made the cut confidently. So after that run, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to start watching this kid. And then you don't see him again to the fourth quarter. It's like, like, what are you doing? Like, you got your playmakers on the sideline. And it, it just was baffling to me. Yeah, and, you know, he, he's promising. Uh, I do know that they said today in the press conference they're going to work him more into the offense, which is really, really good. But I also think it's um, not to take away from the walk-ons or anything, but he is the second of two walk-ons getting the bulk of carries right now because Dylan Downing started as a walk-on and Maccabee's a walk-on. So you got two guys that, you know, they're not even getting scholarship money and they're outperforming the scholarship guys. And I'm all for that. That's wonderful. If you can play, get your ass out there. But man, that, that that's telling that we don't have scholarship guys that are making an impact right now. I mean, that's that goes for our scouts. Our scouts aren't scouting guys that are <laughs> that can play, I guess you could say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And guys are just showing up to practice like, hey, coach, I can run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> You got Tyro Tracy, who was kind of a hybrid running back receiver for Iowa before he came over, and they're trying to work him into the offense. Uh, Kobe Lewis was kind of the featured back at Central Michigan a couple years ago before an injury, and he's only gotten 13 carries so far uh, after transferring in. So, I, man, they got to do something because this, this ain't going to work in the Big Ten. And I, I also think it's telling not just that they've only called 22 runs – you're averaging yet less than three yards a carry against a three-five-five defense that, like you said, is designed to be able to run on. That's, I mean, that's systemic. It, we we, start, we did it in the first half and then completely just stopped. I feel like it was like 15 plays straight where it wasn't a run called. Mm-hmm. And I was that's when I started noticing, like, all right, when they're going to get the freshman back in there. <laughs> then – Slowly, like, all right, in the third quarter, the same mundane plays, like, <laughs> call something different. Like, it, it seems like it's the, oh, the story of old. This OC just gets into a comfort zone and he stays there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the OC is uh, Brahms' brother, so got a little nepotism going on there. But at least at least we can still pass the ball. I mean, Brom, Aiden O'Connell still had a 424-yard passing game. You're going to take that out of your quarterback any day of the week except for that just god-awful interception. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it came at an untimely time, but O'Connell's still taking care of the ball, even though he's being asked to take care of the ball 50-something times a game, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, he, threw an, he threw a pick six to a defensive tackle. I mean, the defensive tackle basically intercepted it at a self-defense. I mean, that's one of those shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wasn't even like when it happened. I wasn't even like I was like, this is just another thing on top of what's, what's already going on. Like, it can't get no worse. <laughs> but I got to give him credit. He led him back down the field for two more scores and got him to lead. So I mean, he recovered from it well. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He he is taking care of the ball. He's showing prowess in there, and it's great to see. Like. You know, when they come down to a, a big play or a crucial time in the game, he's not going to be one to cower. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. something that's that's hard to come by in the quarterback. 
they might have guys that just, all right, I'm going to do what the coach says and not, like, take charge. He seems to take charge of the offense and lets everybody know he's putting them on their back. He just needs somebody to go with him. <laughs> well, I like this. I believe he has five games now where Purdue has won where he has led a fourth-quarter comeback where we've been trailing and he's led the drive to take the lead and win. And there have been a couple of others like Indiana and – in 2019 and then on Saturday where he did lead the drive to either tie it to get it to overtime or give us the lead. And the defense just gave it up. Like we lost an overtime to Indiana and then obviously on Saturday. So this is a guy you trust out there. And that last drive right up to the pass to Durham was fantastic. Oh my God. What was it? The catch was amazing as well. Like I couldn't believe he caught it to be honest with you. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliantly thrown ball and just, Durham, you got to shut up. Get out of the guy's ear. You can say what you want. Just get out of his ear when you're doing it because that's an automatic flag. Come on, man. Yeah, oh, man. You know what? You know what? I would like to see another huh. another receiver emerge as a guy you can go to. Because it seems like mm-hmm. when Bell's not on, nobody's stepping up and making plays. Like you got guys catching the ball here and there, but nobody's making a play. Mm-hmm. And that's something that. I know we're going to need later down in the road in bigger games. And when they get out of this little losing streak and start winning games, they're going to need at least another receiver and a half to start doing something. Mm-hmm. And I felt Durham was that guy on Saturday. Durham had a great game aside from, aside from the end, ended up with two touchdowns. And that's, I mean, that's what we're looking for out of him. He's a senior tight end. He's listed as one of the best in the nation you want to be able to go to him. And, I mean, he had a great game, I thought. Yeah, but but in the third quarter, I don't know if they just went away from him or he just disappeared, but it seemed like he just wasn't a part of the game no more, coming out mm-hmm. of halftime. And then fourth quarter, he shows back up again. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I understand that he's going to Charlie Jones, but, man, Charlie Jones is red hot right now. <laughs> I mean, he is, but, shoot. That that's you can't burn a guy out like that. But right. he's gonna get burnt out. And don't get me wrong, players are tough is a long season, but taking shots the way he was taking those shots. Like Yeah, he took <laughs> one in the first quarter. That was rough. Yeah, rocked him in his ribs. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we we need another receiver and I'm not just talking about Durham, but we need a, an actual guy on the opposite side of the field making plays. We got right. to. We're not going to see a substantial win amount this year if we don't have at least two guys making plays at the wide receiver core. You know, like I mentioned earlier, this is a team that it still took six or seven things going wrong for Purdue to lose this game. And you take away any one of those, Purdue probably wins. I mean, they missed a field goal. They had an extra point block. They had all the penalties. They had a pick six. It took all of that for Syracuse to win the game with seven seconds to go. And it's the second time that's happened this year. How do you avoid getting that, uh, getting away from an, oh, great, here we go again situation in another close game? My solution was always to run the ball, but uh, we know that's not about to happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, you got to control the clock some way and stand on the field. If your offense is on the field, well, most of the time, they can't score. But we saw otherwise this past weekend. But 
for the most part, if we're on the field as offense, they can't score. And you just got to stay on the field. These three and outs back to back to back are killing us. Mm-hmm. Because the defense is doing well. I mean, you give up three points on the road in the first half, That's re- and that's real good. You give up ten points through three quarters, that's fantastic. But – you're not doing him any favors, like you said, if you're not staying on the field and putting points on the board. We could have put this game away early and just were not able to do it. I mean, that goes – I feel like that's on culture because when you – some guys don't – some teams don't have that killer instinct, and it's up to you as a coach to put that into them. And if you're calling plays that are – dick and dime plays that they're going to not stretch the field. A team gets accustomed to that, and they get comfortable. So when it's time to put a team away, they don't have that kind of instinct to go, all right, we're about to go score a touchdown in two plays, not ten. And I think that's what's killing us right now. We are a nickel and dime team, even though we could stretch the field. Yeah, and interesting statistics. Since Jeff Brom got to Purdue – he is now 10 and 19 in games decided by one score. And even worse, of those 19 losses, in nine of them, Purdue was either leading or tied inside the final minute of regulation. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And I, I, I will have a caveat there. There was a uh, there was a game during the 2020 season at Minnesota where I'm counting it in that because Purdue had a touchdown taken off the board on just an egregious pass interference call that was called an offensive pass interference. And then two plays later, they threw an interception. But really, that was a game Purdue had won. And it was very similar to this. They score. Actually, it was Payne Durham scores with like 35 seconds left, but it got taken off the board because of a pass interference call. So, uh, you know, I'm counting that as one of the nine but man, it's just you you gotta get away from it. And like you said, they need to find a killer instinct, really, because we we should have been able to put this team away, even on the road. I mean, yeah, because to be honest, it was a sloppy game on both sides. Right. So but I think we had a better sloppy game, but we just our defense got tired. Because that I don't, I'm not sure who the wide receiver was, but he was not one of those speed speedster guys. And he was wide open. I like I couldn't understand how did he get so open. Our guys were tired. They're out there too much. <laughs> and it doesn't help when all the penalties give them the ball at the fifty yard line when they need <laughs> to go fifty yards. It's no, a lot easier yeah. to go fifty yards than seventy five. <laughs> no, a whole lot easier. Oh my! I mean, you can say the refs was making some untimely calls, but. Again, we were doing some stupid things. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So, yeah, you sound like my dad there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got two kids now. My dad jokes are just coming out the works. <laughs> yes, you're learning. You're learning. Yes. <laughs> I only have one, but I've, I've got nine years on it now, so I'm, I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anything else really stand out to you uh, on either side of the ball in this one? Um, our D-line. Mm-hmm. great against the run. I'm starting to see them as our strong point on the team. Next to O'Connell, he's, although he threw that, you know, that god-awful pick, he's taking care of the ball like he's supposed to. 
Mm-hmm. So that, and I would love to see that freshman get a lot more carries. Maccabi, yes, definitely. I would, love, I would love to see him get a few more carries and some consistent playing because a running back, in my opinion, doesn't get going until he gets knocked around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let him let him get the feel of the game so that he, he gets comfortable, shed that nervousness because I'm sure he's he's a hell of a player. The guy that fast, he can't be no slouch. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a state finalist in tra- uh, track and field. I believe he was a hurdler here in Indiana. So, kid's got speed. I mean, he looked he on his touchdown. He can clearly tell he's a lot faster because he kicked it into a gear, and nobody else looked like they were moving. <laughs> That's good. I mean, so, we haven't had that breakaway speed at running back in a while, so that, it's nice to be able to have that. I mean, we just got to use it. I always told him like. Told my coaches, what's the point of having a thoroughbred horse if you're not going to ride it? <laughs> <laughs> Put the man out there. Uh, you mentioned the defensive line. I, I do agree with you. Uh, when you hold a guy like Sean Tucker, uh, as well as we did, 42 yards, he'd been over 100 in the first two games of the season, was up at about 1,500 yards last year. I mean, they did a damn fine job against him, I thought. Oh, amazing job. And shoot, a lot of the Spencer's runs came because he was scrambling, trying to get away from the D-line. And they were missing him just with arm tackles or grabbing him by the shirt, and he was pulling away from it. So our, our D-line, I think, is our strong point of our team right now, which is, is good mm-hmm. because you can build off of that. Right, right. And I, I think it's encouraging, and I think one of the thing, one of the biggest takeaways you can take from this is it is not a conference game. Sucks you lost. Would love to have that win on the on the board, uh, but not a conference game. You're still in the race, and boy, does the West Division look like it sucks right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, could, I I haven't even looked at it, but how? I mean, it's from our, from looking at our schedule. I didn't see too many uh, killers out there. <laughs> the the two toughest ones are going to be Minnesota and Wisconsin. They're going to be the same. They're going to have a power running game. Uh, they each have just a fantastic running back, and you're going to have to beat at least one of them, if not both, to win the division. But everybody else, man, Iowa can't Iowa can't do anything on offense. Northwestern just lost to an FCS team. Nebraska's already fired their coach and looks like a dead team walking. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois doesn't have much of an offense. Indiana is just, they're lucky right now. So how much we need this as a get right game this week against Florida Atlantic, don't you think? Uh, yeah, this is definitely a must win. And it's a, a must win on every facet of the game, including special teams I now see because uh, having that, that uh, field goal block or extra point block was just awful to see. Yeah, especially when they almost ran it back for two. That's like giving them a free field goal when they do that because you lose one point and give them two. I was so happy that guy picked up the ball because anybody else on his team had to pick that ball up, they would have scored. Because (laughs) he he looked like he didn't know what he was doing with the ball. And I'm sitting there watching, like, if he follows his guys, he's going to walk into the end zone. And I don't know what the (laughs) hell he was looking at. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad he was looking at it because it scared him off. 
At worst, you got to look up on the on the jumbotron and see if somebody's behind you on the big screen. I mean, not even just you're literally surrounded by your teammates. Is there's one Purdue player within seven yards, and he, he he's literally like running straight, and you're behind him. Just you're protected, guy. Just keep running straight. Just keep running straight, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, because the kicker's not going to chase you down. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was he he had gave up like damn they blocked it. Well, <laughs> go ahead walk me the sideline. They get him. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, any final thoughts here? Because uh, I know we'll try to do a second podcast this week to do, talk about Florida Atlantic on Saturday. But uh, any th- final thoughts for Syracuse before we sign off? Uh, I like to see the freshman more. Mockaby. Mockaby. Yeah, I, I want to see him. They still do boiler bowls. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> All righty. Well, for Corey Sheets and myself, Travis Miller of HammerandRails.com, this has been the Behind the Rails podcast. We will be back at you later this week to talk about homecoming on Saturday with Florida Atlantic. Uh, but for now, we do thank you for listening and boiler up. BTFU as always. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.